Greetings to you, Africa. Welcome once again to another episode of This Is African Football. You are with me, your host, Elasto Kapoeja, obviously taking you through what has been happening on the continent, never short of drama. Uh, if you talk about matters uh, regarding incidents on the African continent and this podcast this evening will cover a lot of things. Uh, we'll look at um, yeah, something that has become of uh, a painful kind of incidents that we're witnessing in football in general, but actually affecting African football that is uh, players collapsing and dying on the field. Uh, we just heard now there's a player playing in Europe that has been told to retire at an early age, tender age of 21. Uh, AFCON also on the agenda. Uh, how is this show without AFCON? If you look at the preparations both on and off the field of play in the boardrooms, uh, we are seeing some intervention there from the top people in Egypt there. we also going to focus and look at what is happening in North African football. We've got... Uh, well-known journalist who's going to break it up for us. Why uh, is that dominance that we're always seeing happening from North African sides? Uh, we go to the East. We're going to look at um, the giants of Kenya football. Some accusations, they're coming from other sectors, other teams in the league, claiming that without the referees, these teams definitely wouldn't be dominating football in Kenya. We come back here in South Africa, the PSO. We look at the case that uh, has been on the mouth of a lot of people uh, the verdict is out. Uh, is the sanction fitting of the crime that was uh, committed by Mamelod Sundowns? Age uh, cheating as well. Always something that we talk about, but not really so much impressed when we talk about African football. But uh, obviously, to unpack all this, I can't do it alone. I'm with uh, colleagues, friends. We've worked together. Yes, we are not commenting a football match because the guys that are in the room today, they are commentators. Uh, let me welcome SFBC legendary commentator Brian uh, Mofokeng and also former footballer, former international Ugandan uh, defender, that is Mr. Timothy Batabayere. Gentlemen, good evening. I hope you had a wonderful holiday, uh, May Day today, uh, but welcome to the show. I think May Day always call for, uh, what, what is that, emergency. <laughs> and I'm very happy to be called a legend because I never thought, you know, I'm sitting al along alongside legends here. So to to be included in endless this it's a big thing for me. I have to say, you know, to be called a legend. You are. Yeah, you leg are. end. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you are a legend, Brian. Thank thanks. you very much. Thanks, thanks, oh, thanks, oh. thanks, Alasto, for for welcoming me. I think it's uh, looking forward to another exceptional show as always. Yeah, definitely. Tim, welcome to the show. Thank you. Excellent show indeed. Mm -hmm. uh, being, uh, you know, uh, 1st of May, that's uh, a public holiday, Labor Day, and we're right here in the studio. I'm sure you should enjoy this show. Mm -hmm. uh, all football matters are pertaining to this show. Yeah, never. They, they, there's never a dull moment, like I said in my intro, when it comes to football on the continent. And as well, yeah, football 20, is 24 7. Now, gentlemen, let's get right into it. We've got a lot of topics that we're going to cover tonight, but uh, let's start with this um, uh, this story that we, we we've covered. We we've heard about it. Uh, we've seen players losing their lives on the soccer pitch. Uh, now we are also witnessing players that are being told after this problem has been detected early to retire early. Now we talk about uh, Nura Abdallah, uh, twenty-one year old Roma. 
player who's playing Inter for Roma as a as a central defender, being told that we, by the doctors, being advised, Brian, that we don't feel you can continue playing football because of this condition that you have. Your thoughts? I think I mean you have to applaud uh, the uh, the management of the team because if if you if, if you trace back his story, I mean it's a very interesting story. I mean I remember the first time I read about Abdullahi, it was way back when he was still playing his football in his uh, in his own country, you know, and uh, how he made his move into Italian football uh, from 2013 onwards, and eventually found his way into Roma, uh, playing from the B side with uh, between the ages of 15 to 19, where mm. he was one of the, uh, one of the star players to come in there, and then eventually promoted to the senior team. I mean, March last year, that's when he was rested a bit to say, let's deal with the problem that you have and let's see what we can do. Yeah. And after, you know, further investigation and further, um, that is uh, looking at the player more and more, they realize he cannot continue playing. But you got to also applaud the fact that the reason why I say Roma did well here, uh, Elastro, is because most players find themselves being forced to play because that's the only way they can survive. Mm. He has a contract till 2021. And some teams would have said, you know, you're never going to recover. You have a heart problem. We are letting you go. But Roma decided they're going to keep him for the duration of his contract. He'll be involved in a team, uh, but mostly in a non-playing way. And they're also looking at him, even being him and a scout going forward beyond his contract. Yeah. So between now and 2021, they'll honor his contract. They'll look after him. They'll make sure he's been well looked after and they'll honor his contract based on what he's supposed to give them. Mm-hmm. He's now sitting on a uh, uh, that is more administrative side of football mm-hmm. in the team. And I think, you know, given the fact that where he comes from, you know, there's always good when you find a player who comes from the continent mm-hmm. and who, who who saw his way through until to reaching the 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 the, 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 the R. He knows the importance of trying to find that young talent in the continent because some players literally will survive, you know, mm. playing football only. So I think he's a good man to to utilize going forward yeah. and also to try and 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 make sure that other players understand. You know, that when you have a hard condition, mm. doesn't mean it's the end of you as far as football is concerned. There are other things you can do beyond playing football, mm. you know, and by so doing, we can have more, we can save more lives. We can have more players contributing to the game without them dying on a field of play. Yeah, uh, I think, Timothy, if you look at Abdullahi, who who heeded to the advice of, of the medical team of, of Roma, uh, Nigerian Youth International, of course, now we've got a case that happened last week. We all know of uh, Papi Fati, who had this medical condition, the same as Abdullahi, but uh, decided to go against several advices coming from the medical team, especially when the time when he was at vets, when it was first detected. He went on to play, uh, and I, we, we all know what happened to him that he ended up, you know, passing away last week on Thursday playing in Eswatini. Uh, that's a, what. What can you say about Papi? No, it's it's very important because when when Papi was first detected to have uh, a defect at his on his heart, uh, it was uh, when he was turning out for Bidvest vet. Some informed that uh, uh, Doctor Lee Pili, you know, uh, advised him as a medical doctor uh, that he shouldn't continue playing football or else he will pass he will pass on. And that's what the doctor can only do. They will give you the necessary advice, and it's for you to make a decision. So he was advised that then they can uh, proceed to. Uh, book him in for an operation, and then maybe uh, look at uh, taking him over in the in the coaching uh, system of, of Bidvest Vets. But uh, I think the player that is uh, Fat, uh, Fat Pat, uh, Papi felt he was still young. He loved football uh, beyond his life, and he decided to continue 
playing football. So he left uh, Vets and tried to find another club that was in the National First Division here in South Africa, Rio Kings. And then it so happened that he happened to collapse again. And then they did further tests and then they repeatedly reminded him that you cannot continue playing football or else you lose your life. And then uh, we thought that Papi had hid through that advice and uh, only to hear that he's resurfacing in Swaziland where he lost his life. Yeah, look, it was it was very sad. Um, if you look, Brian, how everything happened when... Now you talk about the livelihood. You talk about a player maybe who thought that this is the only way I can be able to to sustain myself in terms of keep on playing on the football, keep on playing football on the pitch. But again, we look at what has happened to Abdullah where there were other things, like, like right now the club has said, look, you, you, you can be involved in other ways to try to make sure that you sustain yourself. You are still involved with, with what you love to do best. And, and I saw, I read a tweet that uh, Mitchell, uh, that he sent uh, as condolences to the passing of Papi Fat. He says, we tried to push you into coaching, but but you refused. You really wanted to play. And 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 for you, even now, there was this motivation of going to AFCON. Remember, you, he, he helped this club. I mean, his, his, his nation, the last game against Gabon, he, he was playing. He was playing, so he was looking forward to go to Nations Cup, but at the risk of losing your life, Brian. You know, you, you know something that that I found. I, I I saw two interviews that they had with him, and one that that had really caught my eyes and really disturbed me a bit was to say where is the team that manages him, because when a player can be in an interview where he says a last of, I've opted not to have the operation, but rather to rely on African medicine to see if I can survive. <laughs> and rather, that could help me. And you can see I've now played three matches yeah. and I'm looking fit and I'm, I'm okay to play, you know? <laughs> um, he therefore went and played and he passed on. So that is why I say sometimes there's always this issue where you talk about player managers and the players themselves. So when, when, when does the relationship become important? And when does the player take precedence? Because you should be able to sit down and say, when, 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 when advice was given, yes. the manager should have been able to say, that's a problem. So let's just see what you can do. And also the team, for an example, because he had a contract with Bidders Vets then, before he went and played for Real Kings, who terminated his contract at the beginning of January. And when that's when he went and surfaced in Eswatini. So the thing for me would have been a clear cutting to say, couldn't the team have Rafa said to him, since we have you, can they rather keep you and try and do what you can do? Yes, Brian, uh, we, we, we've got uh, Mayor Mezani from Algeria, all the way from Algeria, who's going to join us. Sorry to cut you there. Yeah. Uh, we just want to bring him because, I mean, guys, we, we've seen the dominance that is coming from North African side <laughs> as far as <laughs> as far as CAF club competitions is concerned. And, and we've got somebody who, who knows all about North African football. And indeed, he penned a good, good report about the reasons why. Uh, there's this dominance coming from North Africa. Uh, so I want to welcome you, Maher. I hope I pronounce your name correctly, but uh, welcome to the show and definitely want to hear more about why your teams are giving us a hard time, some of us who are coming from this part of Africa. Well, thanks for having me. I'm very honored. Uh, yeah, I did write an article uh, last week and I, I basically outlined four main reasons why North African clubs uh, seem to dominate over the rest of the continent in the CAF Champions League especially. Yes. Uh, the first one being just plain outright an economic reason that in general uh, there's more money in North Africa, in North African clubs, uh, than in the rest of the continent. Why that is, I'm not exactly sure. It doesn't 
purely add up to an economic standpoint because when you take a look at Nigeria, which has two of the top five richest businessmen in Africa, they don't seem to pump in the money into football clubs as the richest men in Algeria do or in Tunisia and Morocco as well. The second reason uh, is the, the, the diaspora. So North African nations can call upon uh, the diaspora of, of players that have come up through the ranks in, in, in England, in France, in Italy, uh, players that are Algerian, for example, but that were born abroad and that have come through. And even though there might not be uh, the, the best players, they'll maybe languish in the second divisions in Europe, when they come back, they do very well. The third reason uh, being the, the, the intimidating atmospheres that they can generate in North Africa. And I attribute this to the ultra movement that's taken place, something that came from Europe, but that has been adopted over here. And they can, uh, you know, bring drums and flares to the stadium and, and impressive choreographies. And that makes it very difficult to win in North Africa. And the final reason is actually a, a cultural crossover between the Arab countries and North African countries. For example, in 2017, 2018, the, they brought back the Arab Club Champions Cup which has a, a, pr a prize money of 7.5 million U.S. dollars. That's three times more than the CAF Champions League. And this year, for example, a Tunisian club, Etoile du Sahel, won that competition. And so you can imagine that uh, they're now, uh, they've won that 7.5 million U.S. dollars. They're in the semifinals of the CAF Confederation Cup, so they can win a few extra million dollars from that. And they've already sitting on 9 million U.S. dollars heading into the transfer market. Wow, that is amazing what is happening in North Africa. Uh, Maher, I want to just find out, um, now there's even a team, you talk about um, the finances, the economics. There's a new club that uh, is making the headlines there, that is uh, Pyramid FC. I'm sure it will just add on to this massive advantage that uh, these teams are having when it comes to signing top players, the, the kind of money that uh, Pyramid FC is spending. Absolutely. We've never seen anything like this before. 50 million U.S. dollars spent in one summer by an African club. It's really shocking. It's more than uh, even Premier League clubs spend at times. And this is mo most of this money is coming from Saudi Arabia. It's the, the actual, the equivalent of a, a minister of sport in Saudi Arabia that ha was actually sitting on the board at Al Ahli. But he didn't get along with many of the Al Ahli uh, administrators. Mm -hmm. So he decided to buy his own club in Egypt that used to be called Al Youth in 2009. And he actually rebranded it, pumped in a lot of money, and they brought in a contingent of, of Brazilian and South American players uh, that have done very well. And they're actually, last I checked, sitting on top of the Egyptian Premier League now. Uh, granted, they have two games in advance. Uh, so we do expect mm -hmm. Al Ahli or maybe Zamalek to catch up to them. However, they've doing they're done very well in the first year of proper investment. Brian? Uh, my hair, I was at Brian Wufukeng. I just want to find out from you. What do, what do you think the rest of the continent should do to try and uh, catch up with uh, the uh, North Africans who, who are doing very well? Yes, from a structure point of view, I mean, we have seen Alali over the years producing star players. Zamalek have done the same. And Esperance is proving to be one team that is looking very good going forward. You can also talk about your Etoile du Sahel. And Sfax as well has come to the party. The rest of the continent, what do they do to catch up with uh, all these other teams that, you're, you, that they are talking about? And also, you mentioned the fact that some of the richest uh, that is, uh, business people or club owners on the continent uh, coming from the likes of Nigeria, talking about Dangote. I mean, what what do they do now to try and level the playing field amongst amongst the Africans? Look, it's very difficult to compete against that kind of money. But if you can find the businessmen that exist in Sub-Saharan Africa, and they do exist, but somebody like the Nigerian businessman Aliko Dangote, who, who wants to buy Arsenal but hasn't really invested in a Nigerian club, you know, for, for one reason or another, yeah. uh, that, that would help enormously. 
But if you look at the case of Leicester City or this year in the Champions League in Ajax, we, we can see that sometimes tactics accompanied with a, just a little bit of money can beat purely uh, uh, money expenditure. So maybe uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, and I know in East Africa right now, for example, there's a lot of uh, interesting coaches that are uh, have been influenced by Europe and that are coming up with some fresh new ideas. I can think of uh, uh, one youth coach I've heard about in uh, Azam FC in Tanzania who plays brilliant football and uh, somebody that I think Azam FC is going to hire now as their as their head coach. Maybe uh, East Africa or, or other countries in Sub-Saharan Africa can lead the charge when it comes to tactics. That would might be one way of... Uh, of competing with these North African clubs, and if not, then you have to uh, you have to fill up the stadiums and generate the kind of intimidating atmosphere that North African clubs can do. Again, we saw that with Simba this year in the Champions League, Tanzanian side. I think more sub-Saharan clubs should do the same. Just another one, follow up to that one. I mean, um, does the fact that the North is closer to Europe and there's some players or some teams have some connection of being able to probably choose to play for European countries, especially with Franca Four? Does that have a massive impact to make sure that Northern therefore put enough money in there to keep their players than them going further down into the south or into the central part? Yeah, I think there's we can not uh, deny the geographical advantage uh, that North Africa has because Europe, we know Europe is the powerhouse in world football. Mm -hmm. And automatically, North Africa advan it takes an advantage from that. There are some, for example, Spanish coaches that go to Morocco because the distance is not so far, the, the mode of life is not so far, so... Uh, they, they don't mind coming to Morocco if the salary uh, is kind of competitive to what they can earn in the Spanish lower leagues. And there's also that exchange of ideas. There's the exchange of diaspora, as I mentioned before. So it's easier to send Algerian players to go play in Europe who might then maybe come back towards the end of their careers and bring that experience and, and the tactics that they learned in Europe. But it's also easy to bring in the, the, the players that have origins from North Africa that have played in Europe in the lower leagues and can come back and play at a competitive level in North Africa. So there's absolutely no denying the geographical advantage. Yes, Ma, I would like to, to find out from you whether uh, the the dominance is, uh, has connection with the political connotations of the respective governments in the, in the current system, just like we see in Nigeria, uh, where, uh, you know, uh, politics plays a huge role in the setup of, of, of football teams. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look at Widad Casablanca, they have uh, an owner that is very, very political. He has very close ties to, to people in the Federation who, by the way, used to be uh, close to the Ministry of Finance, who are close to the King of Morocco, uh, Said Nasseri. He's very, very rich man, has uh, millions of dirhams to his name. In Algeria, USM of Algiers is owned by, was owned by Ali Haddad, who was very close to the now deposed president, President Aziz Bouteflika, but he was also the second richest man in Algeria. In Esperance de Tunis, their owner, uh, Hamdi al-Madab, owns a huge company when it comes to, to agriculture and, and yogurt and, and milk and dairy products. So there can be absolutely no denying that these politicians, and they are politicians, Etwal Sahel's owner is also a politician, yeah. they use these clubs and they, they, they have a motivation for pumping in huge sums of money mm. so that when, uh, when, when their clubs do win, they become more popular. So I, I, there's absolutely no denying the political connection. But we see that same thing, for example, with Kipi Mazembe. Moise Katumbi yeah. is a political yeah. figure. And, uh, and, and he pumps in a lot of money. And they also generate a very good atmosphere at home. And I think that's why Kipi Mazembe has been one of the few clubs in sub-Saharan Africa that has been able to compete with North African clubs. Just, just, just one thing, you just mentioned TP Mazembe now. I think that's an interesting one for me. Um, you have TP Mazembe, you have Sundowns. 
both 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 bosses are both owners per se uh mining magnets and then you have esperance and you have uh, weeded casablanca both teams having won their home matches uh what is the mood like in the northern part of africa when it comes to uh, the survival of these teams that are that are mentioned, Team Mazembe and Sundowns. I know the Alali coach had a lot to say about Pito Musimani, saying that he's by far one of the best coaches you have on the continent. Um, is there a belief that uh, we could have again in a final uh, twenty or uh, for the twentieth time there will be a North African winning the Champions League this year, or could you see a change in some form in the matches that are coming up? Look, there could be uh, there, there, that kind of confidence has been breeding for a long time as you mentioned when you make the final 19 consecutive times uh, the 20th is expected of the year however there can be no denying that sundowns especially and and mazambi mazambi for a longer period of time but sundowns recently in the last three or four years have gained a lot of respect in north africa this is a club that came to, to casablanca and gave them all they could handle in that kind of atmosphere they went to Setif and beat Setif in Setif. They, they they've shown that they could travel and win well under that coach Pizzo Mosiman. So they have uh, they have definitely g- garnered a lot of respect over here. However, we've seen in the group stages that Sundowns didn't manage to fill the stadiums uh, as often as North African clubs yeah. can. We've seen in the knockout stages that. that they can generate that atmosphere. I think that will be mm-hmm. absolutely crucial if they're going to uh, advance to the finals. And Mazembe, <laughs> Mazembe is in, in North Africa. They're they're actually feared uh, because of the atmosphere they can produce, because of the quality of players that they have. They also use the geographical advantage by picking players from Zambia, for example, mm-hmm. uh, all over that Copper Belt region. Uh, so so they, they're somebody that do use the geographical advantage to their own uh, advantage. But yeah, those two clubs are definitely clubs that have respect in North Africa. Lastly, Mehe, I think you just mentioned the point that I wanted us to dwell on a bit. Uh, I think clubs from this side, sub-Saharan, you might say, yes, might have money, they might try to compete with North Africa, but there's one thing that North Africa will always be ahead of us, the outras, the fans. How organized are these fans? Well, the thing is, the ultras just, they were created really in Italy, which is just across the Mediterranean basin. So it was very natural that that kind of culture seeped through the, the, the sea and, and settled in North Africa. Uh, what are ultras? Ultras are, are fanatical groups of supporters that sit in a specific area of the stadium and that help create the atmospheres that you see in North Africa. For, in my opinion, they're some of the best atmospheres in the world. They've now surpassed yeah. a lot of European uh, leagues. Um, can, can South America, can South Africa or Sub-Saharan Africa uh, participate in the ultra culture? I think they can. I haven't seen many groups, none, none off the top of my head, but I think that if that kind of youth movement does uh, start, uh, the, begin, begins to exist in sub-Saharan African stadiums, I think it would provide a big advantage mm-hmm. in that kind of atmosphere, especially in the home away leg format mm-hmm. that we have in the Champions League, yeah. because it's really one match there, one match here. So mm. it's it's almost sudden death. So if they can manage to generate that atmosphere, it would be definitely be a big help. Thank you, Meha Mezahi, uh, Algerian journalist, all the way from Ajias. Thank you for being with us in the show. We wish everything of the best of all your North African sides as they are participating in both the Confederations Cup and the CAF Champions League. Thank you very much. Hopefully we'll chat again next time. Thanks Gentlemen, we, we continue with this is African football. I, I mean, I just want to bring you, Brian, just to wrap it up, especially on this point of the dominance of uh, North African sides. The fans, what, what can be done? I, I think this is one, you know, you can talk about all the monies, all the best players in the team, but there is that part that is we are way, way behind when it comes to fans taking the calf club competitions 
matches very very seriously you know if you look at mm. the uh, when you look at the the north american the north africans i beg your pardon something they've created i mean just talking about the ultra fans yes you know you know that before yeah. we went to play or any of the nations from from the sub-saharan went to play in north africa we didn't know anything about lasers in a stadium <laughs> where they'll really be brandished right in your eyes and you don't even see anything. Yeah. You know, what it does to you to your eyes is problematic because when the ball gets played in after you have been mm. you have had a laser on your eyes for a while, you don't even know where the ball they is. They do every you know, trick and, in the book. And the smoke mm. that comes up everything in the stadium. They try. So they try everything that is available. Mm. But the only thing that I always say is that no matter what the fans are doing outside, there's always 11 versus 11s on a field of play. Yes, sometimes you might have some decision made because some referees might not really be strong enough to, to handle the atmosphere and the pressure that comes. The fans are always the 12th player. And if you have that, you already have one foot through to the next level of any tournament. If you have the friends, they can support you and throughout. And I think the North Africans is what we need to be studying. We need to sit down and say, what are they doing right? They're able to pep the stadium, able to get the fans who go absolutely crazy when the game is on. And we need to therefore be able to adapt that and bring it home. And be able to know the sub subs subs sub, this thing of being nice does not work. Yeah, no. You I, you you you, <laughs> you want to win matches. You cannot be nice if you want to win. This is competition. This competition. There, there's nothing wrong with being nice, but be nice supporting your team. Create <laughs> the, the atmosphere no, but, that but, can lead you to win games. Uh, for me, what is what is what is what is happening is North Africa is that there is that intimidation immediately you arrive, you 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 land at the airport, you know, just building up to the game. You'll understand what it means. They will be telling you you're going to concede three goals, five goals nil, uh, the training grounds, the buses. Uh, so if you have not, uh, you know, psyched up your players well, they will crumble during the course of the game. No, they'll crumble. It's not only we are going to talk about what is happening in Kenya as well when it comes to the fans, especially for these top sides, uh, how intimidating the atmosphere is, not only for the, the players, but also for the referees who might tend to sway things in, the fa in favor of the home side. But the fans are there in, in South Africa. When you, when you look at this match, the derby, the Soweto derby, now, I'm just thinking that when it comes to these continental competitions, I just feel that they don't take them that seriously as they'll take the derby. Yes, the derby needs to be supported. But I'm saying that what can be done, that's my question, to make sure that when our actually come here, when uh, Raja Casablanca comes here, you know, not... We, Sandow is not even supposed to play at the uh, at uh, Lucas Masterpieces Stadium. They are supposed to play at FNB Stadium and pick that 80,000. But sometimes it's difficult. We have to try to make it free for fans. We have to try to push them to go to the field. <laughs> that, that is my problem. When they go to North Africa, Brian. You know, they, you, you, you know one of the wow. things that I did when South Africa played against Libya, uh, what I found very interesting was that South Africa played Libya in Tunisia. Mm. The Libyans were able to get their fans to travel to Tunisia to go and support the team. Yeah. You know, our team was saying that be nice, but still be able to believe. But I tell you one thing, once you become arrogant and believe that you can do certain things, nothing can stop you. And, and, and we, we sometimes, I think the, the problem with the sub-Saharan countries is that we have become apologetic for being good. We try and be nice on certain things. We are too nice. We are too nice. We, 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 we believe that, mm. uh, you know, Yes, we, we, you know, there's always this thing, the perception that we made it through, but ish, we, we just made it through. Mm. 
And then the arrogance that the North has is that we are going to make it through. It's not because we might make it through. That is why I love the way Peter approaches things. Yeah. Peter's attitude is that I have the best team in the country. I have the best team on the continent. The, continent. the players I have, they can play anybody in the world at any given time. Yeah. Hence, Sundown's players even believe that themselves. Mm. Even, even the fans. Yeah. That is yeah, why now last, Masterpiece mm. Muripe is getting packed. Mm. Sundown's lose a game. They stay behind and still clap and still celebrate the team because they believe they're the best team by far. And, and on paper, they have the best team, given the star players they have in the squad. And any player, I mean, if you look at the Sundowns team, if you're able to have Andy Lejali on the bench, not even making the starting 11 or even the 18, Opamang is not even making it to the 18 in a squad. Shows the quality you, of the side. It just shows the quality oh, of the side The have. quality has never been in doubt. Okay, gentlemen, let's move on. I was just bringing this issue. I mean, we have to learn from the best uh, when it comes to what is happening in North Africa. And hopefully uh, the PSL and uh, Sundowns, I think Sundowns are catching it. I, 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 I concur with you, Brian, that you can see that, you know, that culture is beginning to creep in of making sure that they make things difficult when these teams come away from, from, from other parts of the continent. Now, let's move on, guys. Still staying with the dominance of North Africa, not only on the field, even in the boardrooms. Now I'm talking about CAF, I'm talking about AFCON. Gentlemen, we, we heard in the week uh, that uh, Egyptian sports minister is trying to intervene to make sure that uh, the tickets for AFCON 2019, their prices are reduced. Is it not CAF who are supposed to determine how much we are supposed to pay? So there's another hand again of, of Egypt, uh, the government this time around. CAF is in Egypt. Uh, we, we know what happened with Sundowns when they went to play against Al Akli, uh, where the venue was changed uh, at the 11th hour. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Not only Egypt, uh, we can talk about Morocco's influence on CAF. Here's another example, team, of, of interference coming from the government. Look, what's happening is uh, Brian spoke of the fact that you need to be arrogant uh, so that it can work for you. Uh, but I think the, uh, we should not uh, discount the, the fact that the Egyptian fans have been, uh, you know, uh, denied the opportunity to support football. They have been starved of football for a long time because of the political connotations that took place. Uh, so for them winning the, the rights to host the AFCON is more of the government. Did they win? Uh, definitely, they beat South Africa oh, from, okay. from 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 hosting, so they won. <laughs> so I, I thought it was given. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, okay. No, they did beat against South Africa. Oh, there was a bidding process. <laughs> no, you can continue. So uh, it was interesting that once they won that bid uh, to host this Afcon, uh, not replacing Cameroon, it, it was uh, for the benefit of the funds. Uh, so the organizing committee that is CAF uh, affiliated, uh, the rates are far beyond uh, what the, uh, the uh, ordinary uh, Egyptian funds can afford. Uh, so when they list their their price uh, listing for the for the games, the category of funds, I think the the funds protested, and it it was uh, in the mindset of the government, and that's the sports minister Ashraf uh, Sabri to come out on board to engage. Uh, the parties that are concerned, and they said definitely will come up with a, a win-win uh, solution for the Egyptian fund. Good for CAF, uh, Brian, that we are seeing these interventions that are coming from external forces. Yes, uh, the, the AFCON is being uh, hosted in Egypt. Yes, government is very crucial in everything that happens. But now, some of us from outside who are seeing all these kind of influences, does it augur well uh, for for CAF's uh, administration that really they know what they're doing and also there's no influence coming from elsewhere. 
Do you remember one thing that uh, last year, if you are to host a tournament, first mm. of all, you need to get the guarantee from the government yes. of the country. Yeah, and yes. that's where the sport ministry comes into play. Correct. And the Egyptian FA therefore becomes the one that will be organizing the tournament. Yes, the LOC. The, you know, the LOC the will therefore yes, be the ones from... that, are, that, that are involved. Yes. So category three tickets, mm. those are the ones where it is supposed to be for your blue collar people. Yes. And also the group stages. Those who, so, so, so those are the, your typical fans of the beautiful game. Mm -hmm. You know, talking about category one, that's that's for you and team. Yes. You know, people who can afford to sit in the suite. Oh Maybe. yes. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, uh, yes. category three. That's that's where yeah. your most vocal fans, the one that will cause the same intimidation you want at stadiums. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that, who will bring the atmosphere. That create that so, so those are the ones who will be crying to talk about the price. Mm -hmm. And you know that that's a reason why uh, there is uh, Abu Riba. That is the man. That is yes, uh, the LOC chairperson. And the FA president out, of Egypt as well. Yes, and he's also part of, of FIFA. He yes. had to come yeah, out yeah. and say, to say, you know what, we, we need to deal with this because that affects uh, your, your, your typical fan. So if you want to pack the stadium and you, if you want to make this viable, we need to make the ticket available to your ordinary fan so that an ordinary fan who wants to go and watch the game can just go and watch the game. Because if you even if you go to any stadium at any given time, you will never find a suite packed than the stadium itself, than the lower the lower tiers. Yeah, yeah. The lower tiers and the tier, the third, the, the category three tickets, those are the ones that sell the most. I, I, and, I, and those I, are the ones who are most vocal at the stadium. I thought Kaf knew that. The ones, the ones, no, but I'm saying. I thought they knew that. <laughs> I, I thought they knew that, Frank. They could, they could have known that, but I mean, at the same time, football is business. Because you're talking about uh, Abriba. Uh, FIFA Executive Committee. Yes. FA President. Uh, he's also in the CAF Executive Committee. Yes. So when 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 Egypt was announced as the the the, the host of this competition of this tournament, I mean these these issues couldn't have they been tackled already. That the ticketing uh, we have to make sure that there's a certain a pricing that has to, you know, kind of be fitting to this fund that you're talking about. But why does it take? A minister, a government minister, to come in and say, "Wait a minute, we feel that uh, you've overpriced, you know, your tickets." So the government is saying to them, "This is our money. We've invested money in this, mm -hmm. and now we need to make sure that we fill the stadiums. Okay. We cannot have a tournament that doesn't have fans. And if you want to have an ordinary fans to come to the stadium, it has to happen. Mm -hmm. We know they say one thing: a last to better is a life lived making mistake than a life without any." Yeah. And the fact that they, have, they acknowledge the, the mistake they made and they're trying to rectify it, it is very good. Okay. Yes, I still believe that, you know what, did it have to take an FA or the ministry in yes. a country that, that is for that to be recognized? Yes. That for me is a problem. Yes. But over and above that, the fact that they've realized they've got a problem okay. and they're sorting it out, let's just hope that they will be able to adhere and come out and say uh, the, now, the, the, the category three going down and also some matches in the group stages mm -hmm. will therefore be lowered to allow people yeah, access no. to be able to come to the games. So, so Tim, we, we, we don't have to make too much noise uh, about this issue. It was a genuine mistake and the government <laughs> coming, there, were, there was what no is genuine, yeah. for, what, is the, what is genuine mistake? You are trying to So we don't have to, to politely we, put it that was a genuine mistake. Because Brian mistake. is saying that, look, I, it was a genuine mistake and, and it, 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 it's on the process of being rectified. They, but, but for some of us, <laughs> we are looking with the eyes of suspicion. No, there's more that meets the eye because mm. uh, given the fact that FA president is coming up and saying, listen, we we need to deal with it. Uh, it may have been a ploy uh, for him to get the government on board to try and uh, subsidize uh, the pricing for this uh, for this tournament. 
Okay, uh, we all wish uh, Egypt all the best. Uh, I can tell you that uh, uh, we agree here in studio that uh, no, uh, this time around it has nothing to do with uh, other people in North Africa poking their noses. <laughs> well, no, don't say we agree. You're the only one who agrees. So we give the benefit of the doubt. All right, this is African football definitely looking at um, issues uh, on the continent regarding our beautiful game. Now, gentlemen, let's, let's look at other parts of the continent. We 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 will come back to the uh, Champions League as well, where some some clubs from uh, North Africa are still involved. But let's let's shift our attention to what is happening in um, I think it's Kenya, uh, where we heard of a coach from uh, Banari FC head coach. I mean, he made some sensational claims, saying that if you look at these two clubs, that is your Goma here, your FC Leopards team. Uh, he claims that these teams, they tend to have uh, favoritism when it comes to officiating. And the reason for that is that these fans of these two giants of Kenyan football, they are so much intimidating that these referees, they fear for their lives. And as human beings, uh, they just tend to give favors to the two teams. I'll take you back. We, we've had so many issues about hooliganism in Kenya. The, the, both teams, that is Goma here, that is Leopards, have been fined on several occasions uh, because of fans that have had a go at referees. Now, is is Mr. Uh, the coach for, what's his name, Bernard Mwalala? Do, do, you, do you believe his claims? Bernard Mwalala, those mm. are his true names, actually. Uh, oh. uh, yes, uh, he was signed by, by Micho. Sledjovic, when, when you know he was, was the coach of Vira, I was mm -hmm. still playing in, in Uganda and Vira. So I played with Bernard Mwalala. He came uh, here to South Africa for some trials that didn't go through. So eventually retired into coaching. And it should it should be remembered that he has played football in Kenya. So what he's speaking about is, is from his own experience. So you always have, that's a fact, you know, you, you have uh, the dominating teams in East Africa having the core of the funds mm. and 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 these funds create that ultra you know we are talking about north african funds the atmosphere mm. they create is so intimidating that it catapults the referee and the referee always uh, is also a human being he will tilt always to the other side of the coin where the foul is meant to be a 50 50 mm. he will give it if it's a fc robert or goma hair but he won't give it for for the likes of uh, so maybe where are Goma's, strong referees in so the referees where are, are strong that's, referees that's where it calls for uh, the growing of the referee body. Uh, remember, they need to be sponsored well. They are struggling in that regard. So Bernard Mwarala has got more to say other than being polite by saying the referees are always intimidated by the fans. There are other factors that he has not been able to mention. Brian? You know, uh, I have to say it's not the first time we actually had a story uh, that has to do with... Um, uh, Goma here, your leopards, leopards mm. over the years. But, you know, for this time, I, I took time and I watched the game yes. that you're talking about. Okay. The game where... They lost, eh? FC Leopards went by two, two goals to one. Against Bandari. Yes. Mm. I, I, I watched that game. And I have to say, this time around, Bernard has absolutely nothing to complain about. Clean, clean. The clean. two goals that they scored were legit. The two goals that they scored by, by Leopards on a day were two solid, legit goals. His team was caught on two occasions. The first goal that was scored was scored in the first half. Yeah. They tried to play an offside, and it was a slight, you know, it was a pure 50-50 ball. There was no hand stretch to push the player. 
it was just been slightly body checked and into the back of the net the ball went the second goal that was scored there were two there were four players in fact lining up when the cross was played in they played the player that got the ball on site when the ballers played here, none of them raised their hands. Even his players didn't raise their hand for an offside. No they didn't appeal anything. Mm. So the goal was scored. Yeah. So yes, he must talk about intimidation from the fans. Yes, that I can agree with because it didn't look very nice. There's some stages where even when their own player, uh, the, 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 Bandera, the Bandera player yeah. scored, yeah. who used to play for Leopards, mm -hmm. he scored and he immediately moved and, and moved to the other side. You know, that, that I can say maybe he does have a story or things that you have been seen beyond this game that you're talking about. But for the game that he's, he made these comments on, where they lost by two goals to one, he literally doesn't have any food to stand on because I watched at least 10 minutes of that game of the highlights package of that game. And on all the incidents where I watched it, the referee, the refereeing was not bad at all. You know, when the goals were scored, those were legit goals. No, 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 those I can say, uh, Elasto, were legit goals. Who was solid, good goal scored uh, by, by, by uh, FC Leopard. Yeah. You know, uh, the intimidation of the referee, you know, does not only count when it comes to the, uh, to the goals. Yes. You yes. know, it comes, for example, the 50-50, you know, he, he, challenges. He actually says he, there was a penalty call you know, the penalty that he was that is, not, that is not given. Yes. So I saw the incident of a penalty, just to come yes. in, Tim. I saw yes. the incident of a penalty. Touch and go. Touch and go. 50, you know, you know, it depends on the but, referee. Yeah. You know, there are certain no, referees. It depends I mean, on the fans. I, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> on this instance, it depends but on the fans. It depends on a referee. You know, you know, I've seen, I've seen certain referees who will give certain decisions yeah. that will leave you in awe. You know, yeah, to yeah, say, yeah. how was that given? Mm. Hence, I even said the other day in a discussion about VAR. I said to people that VAR is not the ultimate. Uh, solution. Yeah. VAR has its own teething problems mm. that we need to recognize and deal with. Ah, you know, I mean, if you tell, no, no, don't, don't go there. No, 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 we won't finish. Brian, I won't finish. Okay. Okay, no, guys, I, I think uh, the, the, the issue is that um, I think there's some evidence in terms of uh, the attack on referees in Kenyan football. Maybe in this particular match, Brian, uh, definitely maybe there was nothing untoward in, in terms of the referees officiating it, the game. It is not, but not only yes, in Kenya. Yeah. It, it happens everywhere yeah. on the continent. Yes. I mean, we all even know here yeah, in, 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 in South Africa. Yeah, we had Kevin Hunt. Where, where, Look where, at the utterances of Kevin Hunt. Where, where you have... Where you you have heard what Kevin Hunt said. No, but, but he was being honest. He said, uh, we are a small team. No, but, but, but he was being honest. Yes, he said we are a small team. He was honest. His team could have won that game easily. Yes. A ball where the entire conference had crossed the line was never given. And the ref initially gave a goal and then he somehow stopped and looked at his far side official and they had a conversation and the first official told him straight I didn't see it yes. I don't know what you're talking about I, I was far from the action and look at even look at the body language of the assistant referee it confirmed clearly that he had no idea what happened but the question is from where he was standing he would have seen the ball bouncing on the other side and coming back inside so hence the people are saying who benefits from that? Mm. No, uh, th these are these are mistakes, uh, <laughs> human mistakes, human errors. Because if this assistant says I didn't see it, then we need to bring VR, goal line technology, and so forth to try and and maybe minimize some of these challenge mistakes that the reflex make. Just a quick but, question yes. to you, Timothy, as a player, yeah, Elias as a player, yeah. How many mistakes do you make in one game? Oh. Countless. Countless. And so, let so, me so, so let that, me, that just and, really and, and, sums and, up the and, mistake. And, and let me tell you what is very interesting. Yes. You are the first to say it's not a mistake. Which one? Who said it's not a mistake? Last will take out the ball and put up his hand. That is yeah. this ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on, gentlemen. But I, I think at the end of the, just to wrap it up on this issue of uh, Kenya uh, football with this coach, you know, complaining. Yeah. yeah 
Look, more needs to be done, of course, to control the behavior of the fans. Yeah. But on any given, the way the uh, Brian, the referees are trained, Timothy, is that as well, they need to be able to handle such kind of intimidating atmospheres. So you can't have a referee. Then that referee is not qualified. Who goes in, no matter how the crowd is intimidating, he, on any given day, the way he's trained as an official, he is supposed to deliver and make sure that he's fair on any given day. But anyway, that's a topic again for another day. Gentlemen, let's uh, now move on to Ghana, hey, our beloved Ghana. Our beloved Ghana. Uh, <laughs> violence, violence, violence. Gunshots at a soccer match. That is the game between Asante Kotoko and Berkane Chelsea. Uh, it's not, yeah, this is the Chelsea of Ghana. So it, it happened that uh, officials of the two teams that were opponents on the day, you know, just really fighting for VIP seats and ending up one official actually going to his car and pulling up a gun and, you know, just firing shots at, at a soccer match before the match, of course. The match happened without any incidents. Uh, I think it was a draw. Uh, look, it was a very good match. But again, th this is this is an environment where we are talking about uh, a setup of a normalization committee. Even this competition that has been played, this is a special competition because there hasn't been any football in Ghana for as long as I can think uh, because of all that uh, bribery scandals that happened with the suspension of so many officials, including the head himself, question Antati. Then comes this uh, normalization committee. It seems as if they are failing to still normalize things in Ghana. Brian. You know, in 2014, one incident happened. I still remember uh, the story when a game was played and the end of the game, a stand referee was, was beaten to death. By, by the fans, you know, at the end of the game. It was an incident actually that happened also, and it was in the second division that played yeah. in 2014. Later on, there was a game uh, involving Tamale, where an official from one of the teams was also beaten. Mm -hmm. So uh, I believe that we need to have very, very strict and must take stringent measures to make sure that these incidents do not happen again in football. You know, you know, you know, one day I had a, I had a discussion with one fan who was saying one of the reasons he doesn't go to football stadiums is because of the fear of violence at the, at the stadiums. And if, 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 if you want to have bums on seats, the only way to do so is to make sure the security, number one, is sorted. Number two, that the fans understands that even though it is an emotional sport, but it is, after all, a game mm. of football. Mm. And, and, and the investment that comes in also, it is when you start allowing fans to go unruly and not being punished. Yeah. You need to punish them seriously. There's got to be sanctions that are given seriously to make sure that these fans understand that it is, even though they are the stakeholders by virtue of being the one that support the teams, but they cannot do as they want. And also people's life is at stake. Referees are being protected by the laws of the game. Mm. And the laws of the game is the one that controls everything when it comes to football. You cannot have anybody superseding those at any given time. Yes, mistake. you mentioned things about mistakes that happens. Yeah. Referees make mistakes, mm. but... Hooliganism cannot be promoted or condoned at all. You win some, you lose some, you draw some. That is the nature of the game. Yeah. You know, and, and that for me is a worrying situation to find mm. that 2014 it happened. Five years later, we are seeing a recurrence of something of that sort. And it is still the same FA, the same country. So when are you going to have a situation where this is stopped, that does not continue? Does our passion drive us to get to become violent people? Mm. Yeah, I think Tim, I want, 
I really want us to focus more on on the changes that have happened in Ghana. Uh, yes, there was an incident just recently where a female referee was also beaten uh, after uh, being accused of not adding additional time. I don't know who was keeping the clock there. So one fan just decided <laughs> to just go on the field and attack this female referee. Now, we've got this normalization committee in Ghana. Uh, the old FA is gone. I just mentioned what happened. Uh, are you feeling, are you seeing any light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, this normalization committee, you can see they are not so much in control, definitely, of things on the ground. There were problems between them and, and, and the Premier League clubs when they wanted to have this competition. Uh, at one stage, it was delayed. and uh, you know. So the normalization committee, what, are you, what is your take on that in Ghana football at large? Given the background of what is taking place in Ghana football at the mm. moment, uh, I don't rule out the, the possibility of curtails mm. uh, of uh, the so-called uh, leaders who are being uh, sanctioned for illegalities. That's uh, corruption. Uh, remember the famous uh, journalist Anas Anas. Anas Anas. Yes. Yeah, yes. Uh, now he caused the co- uh, you know the collapse of the of the the, the Ghana Football Association. Uh, giving birth to the normalization committee. Mm-hmm. So that group of individuals, there is no way they are going to allow the smooth running of the normalization committee. Mm. Now, given the fact that, yes, we have got credible people uh, on board on, on the normalization committee, committee yes. uh, but there is the the hidden hand that is trying to... Work the, against them. Working against them. Mm. And that is so because they have banned the so-called... Uh, uh, Gold City Park Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, where this incident happened, and this uh, uh, this very club is is threatening to uh, to dissolve the the team and actually pull out of the of the normalization mm-hmm. committee games. And so are other clubs that are threatening to do that. So you can mm-hmm. see that it is a smart way of trying to undermine the normalization committee. So this calls for uh, for the rules uh, the rules of the of the game, but above all the sovereign roles of the state. Uh, I think the government, the police institutions have to come in play and uphold all those culprits who are involved in this act of organism. All right, gentlemen, uh, we, we, we hope you know, we you definitely, yes, we know, wanted to add something that, to something what is that happening that we, we, we need to talk about, especially when it comes to the normalization committee, you mention yes. it. You know, I mean, I, I, I was reading an article and I was actually talking to, a co- to one colleague of mine who's based in Ghana. Yes. You know, we met him through the AFCON a few years ago. And he was talking about three very crucial parts Mm-hmm. that the normalization committee uh, has been trying to install since September 2018, mm-hmm. you know? I'll just read through a few of them, yeah. you know? Um, uh, and, and this is, this is um, several, uh, several controversies have characterized the team's decision-making and actions in the following areas, you know, the uh, constitution of members of, um, of the ad hoc committees, you know, mm-hmm. including uh, marketing, media, legal, etc., uh, with noble members uh, chosen... Uh, notable members chosen uh, to, to, to serve, uh, that is, uh, uh, turning down the opportunity to be part of the setup. Mm. You know, another one is a necessary back and forth uh, that is concerning the planning and rolling of special, mm. uh, that is, um, a competition for clubs. And another one, which is very crucial for me, the contextual statement between the national court, that it is, uh, that is, nominated committee and uh, coach, uh, that is, Kwesi appear in, mm. in, 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 in a, uh, uh, there is um, a sensitive period leading up to the Afghan qualifiers and also the tournament that is coming up in Egypt itself. And also the sticky subject of an un- un- unprecedented $8 million budget for the Afghan tournament. So mm. you already see that there are issues between the normalization committee mm-hmm. and the other section. So as soon as they can sort that out, 
I think we're going to be able to find a way going forward. There was also an interview they did recently with one of the Ghanaians, uh, the, the former Ghana legend, who was saying, talking about the coach saying, building up to the AFCON, the coach needs to be aware of the squad he selects mm. because mm. we have a legacy to protect as Ghana. So if you're already having some former players saying such before of a crucial tournament that is coming up and before the squad is announced, you can already see that should something not go right, there are going to be issues already. Brian, when it comes to the selection of the national team players of Ghana, that has been historical from the days of Tony Eboa and the like. You know, that has been historical. They will always have those challenges. But when it comes to hooliganism and act of disobedience, I think uh, the government has to take a stand and try to make sure that they root out all all these acts. Uh, talk over the perimeter fence. You are you are getting this shooter not up to scratch. How do you get uh, uh, people getting into the stadium with guns? I think that is very, very unheard of yeah. when there's police, but allowing uh, people holding gun, uh, guns into the stadium. It's not very good for, for football. Yeah, Ghana has been disappointing to say the least in what has been happening but uh, we, we just hope and wish that this normalization committee who normalize things in Ghana yes they are preparing <laughs> for AFCON 2019 they want to win it but uh, we wish them the best now gentlemen close up uh, to back home South Africa especially uh, we we were all glued and trying to find out what the outcome was going to be when it come to the Sundowns case uh, versus the PSL. Uh, the DC coming up now finally with the sanctions saying that um, there is no need to deduct points. Uh, yes, we can go into the bank of uh, Mr. Patrice Mutsepe and ask that can we just have a few a thousand runs and then life continues. Yes, we know the bearing it has on the league race right now, which is hotly, hotly contested between the three teams, Sundowns, Vets and, uh, and Pirates, of course. Uh, but Brian, the ruling came, the verdict, the judgment, no points deduction after a lengthy, lengthy period where we were all on our edge of our seats. Your thoughts on this uh, ruling by the DC? L let me say that, first of all, when, when I saw the ruling on social media platforms, I reached out to the PSL to find out what the ruling is. Okay. And the PSL were clear to say they've never issued a ruling on that or they never mm. issued a statement on that. Okay. That whatever ruling that they've seen has come on social media, it, does, it doesn't come from them because, I mean, I'm part of the media list. I receive yes. anything that the PSL releases. I haven't received anything from the PSL officially. Mm -hmm. So whoever that leaked it could have been somebody who was part of the arbitration, who was sitting as part of the team mm -hmm. that was involved in sorting out the matter. Having said that, at the same time, we know it's alleged. Mm. But it looks to be a finalized thing. We'll see what happens going forward. Yeah. I know there's a presser that's coming up on, uh, that is tomorrow. On yes. Thursday, there's a presser at the PSL. Then maybe they might touch on that mm. to mention that, by the way, because they have other issues they're talking about. It's going to be the announcement of Player of the Month. And yes. plus, the other thing they'll be talking about also is uh, the, uh, the, the the National First Division Playoff that is coming up. They're going to announce the, the, the seatings and everything of that. I, I have to say... You know, whenever a match starts, you, you would know Elastro because you're part of the administration of the yeah. team now, that a match commissioner sits in, in, in a pre-match meeting. Whenever a match is in broadcast live, there's a three-hour segment before yes, the game yes, where yes. they sit with the match commissioner. Yep. They'll go through the teams, they'll go mm -hmm. through everything else. And the fact that Wayne Arens was allowed to play by the match commissioner and the fourth official, mm. therefore, is what weighed uh, solely for Sundown's favor to say, he was therefore approved to play. Mm, mm, and Vest did not lodge a complaint before the game kicked off. Mm, so therefore, whatever issue that came out, 
Yes, it's just to penalize anybody that comes up. And I tell you, if any team does this going forward, they will see the wrath of the PSL going forward. Mm. The DC will be hard on them because they would have said, we spoke about this. We showed what needs to happen. We, we therefore sanctioned sundowns financially only. I mean, when Aaron say amount is being suspended, all yeah. 50,000 rand yeah. is suspended. Mm. Sundowns have to pay 125,000. Mm. That is half of the amount of the, 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 the penalized. Yeah, suspended. You know, the other 125 is suspended. Mm -hmm. And plus they had to pay for the seating of, 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 the, cost, of, yeah. of, of the cost for the seating. Mm. So for Sundowns, it's a win-win because mm. they know they couldn't afford to drop a single point. Given what happened there, I think yes, Tim. I think for me, if if you look at how it panned out, we're talking about uh, creating the arrogancy and get things done in your favor. I think I give it to Sundowns yep. because you 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 had Coach Pitsom's money uh, in in his post match uh, statement <laughs> saying the, 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 the league will go where it's supposed to go. <laughs> so uh, do you think do you think was, that influenced the decision? Yes, it did because they are competing one with uh, with Pirates and and uh, the, and the the chairman of of Pirates uh, is also the chairman of the PSL. Mm. So and they have to make a decision. Mm. Uh, so it's gonna be seen as uh, as being conflicted. Mm. So in a way, it worked in in the favor of Sundowns. They're saying, why didn't you make a decision before, uh, yeah, before uh, this time, moment in time. So Sundowns uh, did right, and whoever is leaking mm. uh, this decision is also playing his trick well. Sundowns, okay, but got his... but 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 let's leave all the shenanigans. <laughs> let's leave all these. Uh, maybe there was an influence from some outside force and so forth. Would you have deducted points or not, Timothy? What are the rules? Mm. The rules because this player at the end of the day would we. Does it? Would we say that this player was a defaulter? Look at uh, Tenandoro, for example, Ajax. Because yeah. Ajax might come up and say, ah, but look, we we had a player that played. No, the merits that, are different. No, the merits of no, that are let, different. Let let's, me, let's let's let, let, let's look okay. at the merits. Let's look yes. at the Ajax matter. Yes, the Ajax matter goes back to the FIFA rulings. Mm -hmm. That is very clear. The FIFA rules are very clear. You cannot show up for three teams in one season. All right. There is a clear cut. Whether whether he could have signed for Ajax and stayed, but, not play for them, and played after the beginning on the beginning of the new season. You but know? what? But what did but the DC do? The DC. The DC. The, that is I why, want to come there. That is why we need to we need to yeah, separate. Look at the DC. We need to separate the DC from mm. the PSL. Yeah, those are two different. Yeah, bodies. it's independent. Yes, the DC we know. is independent. Yes. The DC has its own attorneys that sit and really look at the legalities around the segment. Correct. So the DT, the DC. Let me say the DC cleared. They cleared. Him. They cleared him. They cleared him for one simple reason. Yes. That you cannot stay without getting money. You mm -hmm. need to be able to play to you it need to right. so you can therefore sign for a team to be part of a team. Mm -hmm. But as far as the playing side, mm -hmm. that's where the laws come into play to say you cannot therefore play for a third team in one season. Mm -hmm. And they were advised, I guess, some stage to say, yes, don't the play the don't. player, yes. leave him out. They opted to play the player. Mm -hmm. And the second player that comes into play also is Amazulu player. Where they owe the player money, there was a sanction from FIFA direct to say, yes. pay this man yeah. and move on. Because before because they went against FIFA, six points were taken from them. So the Sundowns matter, the only problem is it's very simple. The match commissioner was there when the 18 players were issued. Wayne Aaron said he didn't appear in the starting eleven of that yeah. of that 18. Correct. So as to what transpired between then and the hour before kickoff and him allowing the player to start nonetheless and that's not even coming out and saying this player shouldn't play mm. the difference between ix match was that 
pirates protested, protested. There was a before protest the game. before the game. So there was a protest before the game to say, mm-hmm. we are aware this man is about to come on. There's an issue. The same thing happened between Vets and Pirates. Mm-hmm. Because Pirates had two players in uh, in, uh, in Jackson Mabuhwani as well as uh, uh, Tawo We're not initially in the, in the 18 players mm-hmm. that were selected by Pirates. But before kickoff, Mm-hmm. They brought them down to be part of the team, yes. and they were therefore warned against it, and they pulled them out. They pulled them out. Okay, so so obviously, Brian, you you agree with uh, this uh, verdict that uh, there mustn't be points deducted. I I you believe agree. the match commissioner will submit his report. Mm-hmm. The decision was made based on the match commissioner's report to say what did the match commissioner say. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a, to have a look at the report from match commissioner to say what did the match commissioner say mm-hmm. pertaining to the issue. Yes. Because if he had said because he advises also to say given this and given the laws of 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 of, of the game mm-hmm. and given the FIFA rules, this is what should happen. The sanction yes. will come from his advice to 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 to, to, to the committee that sat down. Mm-hmm. He also made his own uh, that is his his his, his, his is a contribution mm-hmm. to what the decision he made. Finally, yes, you also talk about the outside fact. Mm-hmm. Pizzo made it clear, and it was coming out. I mean, the Sundowns fans and the Pirates fans were at each other's throat already on social media platforms, on radio platforms. They're already saying that, yeah, if you want it to be a Pirate Super League, let it be a Pirate Super League. Mm-hmm. And the Sundowns were saying to be a Pretoria Super League. So there was also that that came through to say, now, let's have a champion without issues that are outside of football affecting it. So do you think, Tim... That was the case at the end where the DC under pressure. <laughs> now they just look. Let's let's make sure that we just level the playing field. We just make this. Uh, we just make everyone happy and say, look, no point deduction because that would seem fair if the if the the season ends without anyone's points being deducted. You know when the rules give. Oh yes, to apply, when, they have to when, apply the rules. When, when the rules give you two options, mm-hmm. whether to find the club or deduct points. And you choose one of them, you are still within the rules. So they're still within their right to make sure that they're fine. Yeah, exactly. because you don't need, it's not always uh, stated that you must deduct points. No. But some sanctions as well, they constitute a fine. Yeah. So no noise for that, everyone is happy. Sundowns and pirates, and maybe to, outside to that is terms to be. Yes, let's to go. see who is the league. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's quickly go. We've got so much still to cover. Now, edge cheating, edge cheating, edge cheating. Hey. The MRI scan. Hey. Now, gentlemen, this is technology. I uh, understand that uh, if you talk about the MRI scan, uh, it is normally focused on on, on 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 this bone growth, yes. and also there is a scan that happens just by the wrist of these uh, teenagers that are supposed to play. Understand? We've had problems, especially on the African continent. You know, I've I've never heard the, uh, these Europeans failing the MRI scan. It's always Africa, Africa, Africa. But uh, Brian. Is it that reliable, this MR scan? Can, no, it is not. can we say for sure it's conclusive? I can it, say it, now it is not. Yes. Why? Without hesitating, it is not. Why? I, I cover two <clears throat> under 17 tournaments. Mm-hmm. And this is where the MR, the MR scan comes in very handy because you know bone density before you reach the age of 20 and above, yes. they, they, you know, there's a gap that is there, and that's how they're able to pick it up. When in 2017, at the same tournament in Mauritius, Zambia qualified for the semi-final for the Kosafa tournament. They were eliminated because they found that the squad that they had in the tournament had issues, that they were overage. Mm. So in 2018, in a tournament that was played again in Mauritius, there were four players who were released before the tournament kicked off. Before the tournament kicked off, four players were returned home. They Even were, Angola lost some players before the tournament. They were, they were over age. Mm, they were over when age, they did right? the scan, they realized the players. But I'm saying now, it goes back to the FA. Until we have proper documentation of players, uh, Elasto, 
we will not be able to beat it. Because I can tell you now, I've had players, even in South Africa, even players everywhere, who are having too many names. Uh, today is Timothy Batabaira. Tomorrow is sitting at uh, as as, Batabaira, as, as Lungo Lungo Batabaira. <laughs> How is that possible? Because if you, if, if you have these players documented documented from very from a very early age, no, no, no. But, 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 but that, that Brian, is fine. That is Brian, fine. How do you get to suspend four players from a team? And that team still remains to participate. That is my problem. You need to therefore say you have got four defaulters. You are eliminated. And who are the officials concerned? No, uh, gentlemen. And uh, uh, okay, we can talk about documentation. So I, I want us to get the technology, uh, the MR scan. It is not perfect. Yeah, it, it is. Is are, are we seeing that? Because I, I think there have been cases where genuine players. Correct age, eligible, they fit that age group under 17. That MR scan is done and they are found to be over age. I, I Especially on West African players. We know that West African players are suspicious. The yes, but but, but, <laughs> but not all the cases. Not no, all the cases. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not all the cases. And I, I can give you an example. I was, I was as one of those players, you know, I've got a, a big body. And, uh, you know, going through school football, you know, you have, you, they used to categorize us junior, intermediate, and the senior squad and because you are so good and you've got a big body you'll be seen as an older player so not supposed to play in a certain category and mm. it goes on even when you come to the PSL uh, they'll think you're coming from the rest of Africa then you are older than the rest of other players but it doesn't always uh, the case so what I'm saying is that uh, the MRSK is just an estimation of, of how old you can be uh, and given the fact that we are neither the parents to determine exactly when this player was born, uh, it's always a challenge. So we, it's important the, that the FA, the administrative uh, structures of football on the African continent can take uh, particular interest in trying to root out this case of age cheating because it starts right from those administrators trying to, uh, to try and win by hook or crook until we don't eliminate that uh, corruption of the mind of the officials who just want to win at all costs then we're gonna lose the development of the no, players on the African that, continent. That you understand. I, I I feel that even some some countries before they go to a tournament they would have their own test and you know to make sure that the players that are going to participate they are of the correct age. I mean you talk of ten players in Benin. Some of the, I mean at one stage they were imprisoned for for a month. Imagine how serious <laughs> it is. A country deciding to send players yes, to jail and that's the president because of age cheating. But we're just saying that are there any other alternatives out there uh, that can help Brian to make sure that uh, we, we've got it 100%. It's let difficult. Me you, let me you Except the, the mother and the let father, me, like let, what Tim is saying. Let me tell you the challenge we have on the continent. If you look at our environment, if you look at our ecosystem, if you look at where we grow, that also is an, is an issue. Because what a guy, what a, a, a player in sub-Saharan Africa eats yes. versus what they eat in, in, in the western part mm. or the northern part are two different things. Yeah. And the growth pattern is also different. Yeah. You know, that is why I'm saying that MRS can probably was done utilizing certain individual, certain uh, formation. Maybe it was done in Europe. It yeah. worked very well in Europe. <laughs> and then they bring it to Africa now where you have so much diversity yes. within the continent itself. And with a different uh, with, with a different setup that we have on the continent, mm -hmm. it is a huge challenge. You know, and also something that we always talk about, uh, Lasto, is the thing of when you look at the qualifiers on the continent itself, how many times do you see the same team that qualifies a team for a junior tournament showing up at a FIFA event? Mm -hmm. Because most of the time they qualify here yeah, using 
Timothy, Brian, and the last yeah, one, you go to the tournament, they're they using different, different people. Yeah, Completely ask yourself, but are these guys yeah. who are still qualifying eligible to play this age group? Because then they know that when they get there, the they're going to there. find themselves to going to be scanned and yeah, double-checked and everything else. The problem comes in there. In so the we need to deal and also realize that mm. we are not all the same. Yes. And how Brian grows up, I mean, I remember in class, I was seen as the biggest guy, but I was the youngest in the class. The, yeah, yeah. Physically, Correct. I was the biggest, but yes. uh, age-wise, yes, I was age -wise. the youngest. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it is difficult. And, and, and I think FIFA needs to do more. Uh, I, I'm sure somewhere there, there are players that uh, yeah, but have, the FS, have been the FS must home. also stop cheating. Yeah, no, no. I think that we we all agree, <laughs> and I, I just sense that that is happening at at some level where really FAs are making sure that we can't send overage players. But we're just saying that this system I think is a bit flawed. That is the MRS system. I think something needs to be done. But anyway, guys, as we are coming to the end of our show, this is African football with me, it's Brian Mofokeng, and also Timothy Batabai. Let's quickly get through the CAF Champions League. Uh, we witnessed the first legs, uh, Sundowns traveling all the way to Morocco, away at Casablanca. TP Mazembe as well, away to defending champions uh, Esperance. Uh, your thoughts on those first league games, Brian, and maybe what could happen in the in the second leg? Is is, is it a done deal that some of these teams that uh, got wins, or there's still a lot to play? I, th I, th I think I think when you, if you remember the interview at earlier on today, Maher made it clear to say mm. uh, the Af North Africans have have huge respect for your Tipi Mazembe and your Sundowns, Sundowns and yes. they know the mm. trick that they those two can those two teams will bring in the next leg. I mean, for for me, the only concern I have is Mazembe. They lost Chongo, one of the defenders who got a red yeah, card in the 72nd card, minute yes, yes. in the game where they lost by one goal to nil. I mm -hmm. mean, also Sundowns for me were lucky to survive with a two-one loss. In a it game against Wydad Casablanca, okay. Wydad were very strong. They mm -hmm. they they look to try and, and finish uh, the, the the game the very easy. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, Timothy's countryman there had a sterling performance. Mm -hmm. He made a mistake for a second goal, yes. but I think he had a wonderful. I think yeah. I think uh, overall, mm -hmm. uh, Denis Onyango had a brilliant game overall in in in, in, in a match in, yeah. in 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 Wydad because he he, he was. Stella in his performance at the back. He controlled everything. He made some brilliant saves overall mm -hmm. for the game. Mm -hmm. Sunrise could have scored a few goals themselves. Yep, I mean, yes, yes. Uh, when they brought in Pagamani Masambi, I think he had a chance to uh, convert and easily put the ball into the back of the net. Yep. Baidi for me, Saidi looked very good for them. Mm -hmm. When they had Badi playing upfield, Badi looked solid when they went forward talking about Casablanca side. Yes. And then Sundowns on the other end, Temba Zwani, who's among the top scorers of this year's tournament, yep. should have scored a few goals on a day as well. I mean, the, the man you will never think could score a goal was a man that scored a goal for the man. I mean, he's a former midfielder converted to be a defender by Arsene Wenger, by the way. You know, mm. he was when he went to Arsenal as a trialist, he was there playing alongside your Thierry Andre, your mm. Vieras. Uh, but he felt that because he didn't meet the criteria of playing in, in, in the UK, he yes. never played for South African national team. Hence, we recommend to pro to go and play for Gang as a defender. He showed why he used to be a midfielder. He scored a beautiful game, goal on a day. Correct. But if Sundowns played the way they played, Played against Widat in, uh, in in Morocco, they are gonna suffer in South Africa because Widat looked very ruthless. They could have scored a lot of goals, but then Widat also have to come here in they have to come to South Africa and withstand that crowd at Lucas Moripe Stadium, which has been very well so far for Sundowns. Tim, do you agree that uh, if Sundowns play the way they play, no chance, or maybe Sundowns will, will bring their A game, the one that they played against our Akli? You know. Wydad has got now a result in 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 the bag, and uh, it's it's now the onus is on Sundowns to chase the game and try to make sure that they they get into the game. Can can Wydad come and defend? 
No, they won't come they to can't defend. They'll, to do no, they will come to score a goal, and once they score a goal, mm. they are square, and then they'll make it very difficult for Sundowns. And what happens is it, the onus is for Sundowns to attack, and when you attack, you're always bound to leave, uh, you know, gaps behind. So it's it's very important to know that why don't fans have got the money to travel and fill up uh, Lucas Molise Stadium? And actually, no. yes, they they do travel. No, they, we're going to have hundreds. They will come to against to, uh, they'll come, yes, twenty thousand. They will come to South Africa and actually neutralize the southern uh, southern fans because it's not it's, it's not like in other countries where Sundowns is playing and no, you have let's, look at, of, let's look at the last game. You've got the likes of Chiefs coming the advantage the advantage Sundowns will have is that whenever Sundowns is playing in this tournament. If you're wearing yellow, you yes. get free ex- uh, access to the stadium. It's going to be the same. And also, they, they're going to do exactly the same no, system. No, no, no. You know? I can tell uh, you, the fans, the fans, there's no doubt. They're about yes. numbered. But tell me about meters on the pitch. That uh, Do you feel that Sundowns, looking at the last game at home yeah. uh, against our Akli, definitely, team, they'll have that look, to look at as a motivation factor to try and dismantle. If, if, Why that? It's, if, it's only if, it's a small money, 2-1. If, 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 They've got if, their way go. If, if you look the way Wydad played... Mm. Uh, I, you you can see that they know exactly what to do, and 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 uh, you know they have been in these situations uh, before. So they have got a two one. They, they need to score a goal, and you could see that they can easily score goals when they, they decide score. to score goals. Mm-hmm. And so Sun, the onus is on Sundowns to try and find goals, and you will find that uh, their front men are not scoring those many goals. So it will be very interesting. It will be a very interesting game of football, and it's gonna go back to the tactical awareness of the coaches and how their players execute them on a day. I'm not sure about front men scoring goals there, but uh, I want to uh, sundowns. Now, coming Tipi Mazembe against Esperance, looks like it's the same as well. Uh, if we talk about Tipi Mazembe, look at the sundowns with uh, with White Hat. Same with Tipi Mazembe. No, but, but the only difference yes. between sundowns and mm. is the sundowns scoring away goal. Mm. They score one nil, then they, 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 they go Mazembe did not score. Mazembe needs to score two goals for them to win out, right? Yes. If they score two and then White scores, or Esperance scores, then Mazembe will be out. You know, so that's the only difference between the two the two teams. Mm. You know, you're mentioning something about talking about. I mean, the, 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 those fl- those fans in Lubumbashi mm. yes. can really send fear yeah. down anybody's spine. Yeah, yeah, correct. They 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 understand the mentality the North Africans yeah. have. They, they can go there and really pack the stadium and make everything very impossible. Whether even from the broadcasting point of view, media, <laughs> whatever you want to say, they can really make life difficult for you. So I, I see a very interesting game coming up when they go to Mazembe. Quickly, but quickly, I believe quickly, quickly, I, quickly. I for one believe that uh, Sundowns and Mazembe could get through into the next stage. They'll probably be the one that can hold the dominance of the Northerns. There's your prediction. Tim, your prediction? I will go for Wydad. Wydad <laughs> and, uh, and the TB Mazembe Esperance? Esperance. Esperance. So, North African final. He's going for a Sub-Saharan final. Yeah. I'll tend to Incline on the side of pride. Why I would go for Mazembe and Sundowns. Feelings get hurt. So yeah. you, you, your prediction. I hope it's not feelings. Out, it's like, complete loud. It's not factual. <laughs> for me, I, I can tell you, Sundowns will score. As to whether they progress, that's another story. Okay. Right. No yeah. thanks, thanks, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Again, another exciting show that we had. This is African football. I hope wherever you are, you enjoy the show. Next time, again, let's meet at the same time, same place. Until we meet again. Thank you. Enjoy.